Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lori and Julia here with David Lozinski from First Equity Mortgage, our favorite Santa Claus, and tis the season, David. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and to all the My Talk listeners. This year, we've brought the gift of incredibly lower payments. Some of your listeners bought new houses. It's been quite a crazy year out there, but there's been some benefits this year, such as these super low interest rates where we've saved some My Talk listeners 300 400 even some up to $800, $900 a month in house payments. That's amazing, and I'm glad that people People are still calling because the rates are low and people still need to be smart. People got preoccupied with everything happening. And now maybe if you have that moment to stop and make that phone call, it's worth it. It is worth it. And you'll cheer them up when they call you and wish them a happy holiday too, right? Absolutely. Merry Christmas to everyone. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Listen, for all of your mortgage needs and a little cheering up, please call our friends at First Equity at 763-251-8000. You can always go to MyTalk1071, keyword David. Welcome to A Christmas Carol Peterson, a My Talk and Theater Latida radio show, sponsored by David Lozinski at First Equity Mortgage. Our friends from Theater Latida, Todd Peterson and Peter Rostein, wrote A Christmas Carol Peterson 20 years ago, collaborating with their music director and pianist, Denise Prosek. Lori and I saw this show many years ago at the old Loring Playhouse in Minneapolis. And we just loved it. It's so funny. I just love how Todd Peterson plays all the characters in his family, most importantly, his mother, Carol. It's so fun to hear him switch characters on a dime. 2020 has brought a few challenges, to say the least, and we know that most of us will find new ways to celebrate the holidays this year. So our hope is that this radio show will bring you and yours some good laughs, a few heartwarming memories, and a bundle of joy. Happy holidays, everyone, from My Talk 1071. My name is Todd Peterson. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens was the very first play I was ever in. My name is Todd Peterson, age 11, 108 East Glencrest Drive, Mankato. For my audition for the play, I would like to perform Deck the Halls. According to the Reader's Digest, Merry Christmas Songbook, this popular tune was written in the mid-19th century when Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was at the height of its first popularity. Okay, piano player, not too fast. My mom always plays it too fast. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Don, we now are gay. Oh, what? I'm done? Okay. So, what? You'll call me? Okay. Okay. Bye. Peterson's Todd speaking. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh.
Okay. Thanks for calling. Mother, you are never going to guess what. I am going to be the youngest member of the cast of the Mankato Community Theater's annual production of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. My name is Carol Peterson. And listen, a couple of weeks ago, Duane and I went up to the cities with a small group of church friends to the Guthrie Theater, where we saw The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickinson. Oh, I just love that story. And listen, that little actor playing Tiny Tim, oh, well, it just breaks my heart. When that ghost of Bob Marley came screaming out of the floor with the chains and the smoke, oh, it scared the living lights right out of me. And you know, I couldn't help but think of our son Todd, who was in that play here at the Community Theater in Mankato. I was cast as one of young Scrooge's school chums. Not a pivotal role. I did not have any lines. But I did manage to make the most of the crowd scenes, where we were free to ad lib. Ebenezer hasn't got a mum. Ebenezer hasn't got a figgy pudding. Ebenezer hasn't got a Christmas goose. I know the director, Mr. Meisel, appreciated my improvisational skills. Mother! Mother! Can Mara Meisel please come over and play? Not today, Toddy. I said please. Not today. Why not, Mother? Because the Meisels are Jewish, and today they are celebrating Hanukkah. The Meisels were our neighbors. When my parents bought our house in 1969, they managed to find the only ethnically diverse block in Mankato. We had the Meisels and another Jewish family, the Kaplans, and an African-American family, the Cobbs, and a Japanese-American family, the Psykes. But my best friend in the whole neighborhood was Mara Meisel. And she was cast as Tiny Tim. Oh. Mara Meisel was the coolest person I ever met. She was Jewish. She was a gymnast. She had a trampoline. She was funny. She thought I was funny. She knew how to build forts. And Mara Meisel had the complete eight-track tape collection of the Partridge family. One Saturday afternoon, after a really big day of forts and trampolines and the Partridge family, Mara Meisel and I were standing in my front yard with our foreheads pressed together, like this, leaning into each other and looking down at the fallen leaves. In this quiet moment, I told Mara Meisel my deepest, darkest secret. I wish I was a girl so I could be just like you. Oh, my son Todd has always had the most unusual imagination. Oh, he used to drape a t-shirt on his head and pretend he had long flowing hair. Just like that um, little Mara Meisel down the street. Oh, he was always singing and dancing and twirling. Just a little performer. And you know, having recently seen the Guthrie's production of The Christmas Carol and watching the young professional actors portraying Scrooge's school chums, well, if you want my completely unbiased opinion, my toddy was better.
For over half a century, my mother has sent Christmas cards to family and friends, and inside every card, she would include a mimeographed Christmas letter. You know, the family update kind? Well, last year, Mom took all these Peterson family Christmas letters, all 50-some years worth, Xeroxed copies for us four kids, tied them up in a bow, and put them under the tree. Christmas greetings to family and friends. December 1958. Brian has a baby brother, Todd, born right here in Hawaii where Duane is stationed with the Navy. It will be a very Merry Christmas, although we sadly miss all our dear family and friends back in the Midwest. Carol is learning the hula, and Duane plays the ukulele. Our seashell collection is growing rapidly, but there's no replacement for a white Christmas. Here's wishing you and yours a mele kaliki maka. Love, the Petersons. Now listen, I hope there aren't any small children out there listening, because we are now going to talk about S-A-N-T-A. When our kids were small, Santa was such a big deal. Excuse me. Dwayne! Dwayne, listen. I'm heading down to the church now with the kids, and we'll meet you down there in 45 minutes, and please do not forget the B-E-A-R-D and the B-O-O-T-S's. All right, kids, scoot. Get into the car. Say goodbye to your father. Go, 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 please. Now, do not breathe a word of this to the kids. But D-W-A-I-N always plays S-A-N-T-A. And he is perfect for the part, tummy and all. I never believed in Santa Claus. One Saturday morning, while I was in the rec room watching Josie and the Pussycats, my big brother Brian came in and said, Hey, Todd, come here. I followed him into my parents' bedroom, where he opened my dad's closet to reveal the B-E-A-R-D and the B-O-O-T-S's. And there, hanging flat and lifeless, was the red nubby suit my father would fill. Every year, Centenary United Methodist Church had a potluck Christmas party, and my mother would take us kids down to the church without my father, and an hour later, we'd hear his big, booming voice, Ho, 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 Merry Christmas! And all the kids would go, Wow, wow, Santa, Santa! And Brian would look at me and say, Fake! And I'd say, Yeah, F-A-K-E. And then it was over the river and through the woods to Grandma Peterson's house where our stockings were hung on one of those fake red cardboard fireplaces, you know, with the red light bulb and the orange crinkled cellophane. No chimney either. I may be young, but I'm not dumb. 
They expected me to believe that Santa would bring me everything I asked for down a non-existent chimney through a fake cardboard fireplace. All right, kids, come on down the stairs. Now listen, I want each of you to write your letters to Santa and tell him exactly what you want for Christmas. Mother, I am not writing a stupid, pointless letter to Santa. Besides, did you forget? Today is my first rehearsal for A Christmas Carol. My very first rehearsal for my very first play. This is a very special day. I get to ride to rehearsal with our neighbor, the director, Mr. Meisel, the costumer, Mrs. Meisel, and their three daughters, Sharla Meisel, Karen Meisel, and Mara Meisel. I get to sit in the back seat next to Mara Meisel. Tiny Tim. Mara, are you nervous? Uh-uh. She wasn't because she'd been in a play once before. Last year in the Mankato Community Theater production of The Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch of the West didn't melt. She shrunk. <sighs> Mara Meisel got to play the shrunken witch. Oh, very cool. I, on the other hand, can't wait to get to the theater. Looking out the car window at the falling leaves, imagining falling snow. Oh, a Dickensian winter in Victorian England. Just like the 1951 film classic starring Alastair Sim as Ebenezer Scrooge. We get to the theater where last year I saw the magical world of Oz. We get out of the car, walk up the wide stone steps to the big wooden doors. I close my eyes, take a deep breath, and prepare to open them to behold a snowy village in another time and another place. I open my eyes. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing, a void, a blank stage. Mr. Miles. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So hands out these little books to everyone. A Christmas Carol, the actor's edition. The guy that supposedly Ebenezer Scrooge begins reading his lines. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. He sounds like Scrooge, but he's wearing a leather vest and cowboy boots. Where's Scrooge's nightgown? Where's Scrooge's cap? Where's England? Where's the figgy pudding? Where's the snow? 
Mara Meisel sneaks me backstage and opens up a big cardboard box. Look, she said. Fake snow. I had somehow imagined that we would just rehearse in costume on the finished set and everyone would know their lines and it would really snow and we would just be there, transported, transformed from the very first moment. I didn't believe in Santa, but I somehow believed it would actually snow inside the Mankato Community Theater. When we got home after rehearsal, I got out of the Meisel's car, and my mother was waiting for me. Oh, Toddy, oh, listen, I have been on absolute pins and needles. Please tell me, how was your first day as an actor? Stupid! No England, no ghosts, no figgy pudding, no nothing! Well, listen, Toddy, listen, your old mom doesn't know that much about the theater, but... Honey, I think that's your job, to make the magic. Yeah. Well, even the snow was F-A-K-E. Christmas greetings to family and friends. December 1970. Duane is now a full professor at Mankato State University. Carol works in the International Student Office where she is busy as a bee, or should I say, trabajando como hormiguita. Our eldest, Brian, plays for the Mankato East football team. Todd keeps the entire family entertained. He is our very own Lawrence Welk Show. The two boys truly enjoy their membership in the Columbia House 8-Track Tape Club. Julie Jo started kindergarten and is already the social butterfly of the playground. And we proudly announce our newest addition to the Peterson clan. Amy Ann's adoption was final in July. She is sheer perfection. Love the Petersons. December 1977. Brian is a freshman at Mankato State. Todd discarded his braces and acquired a retainer and a driver's license. Julie Jo is an extremely social junior high schooler. She goes roller skating every weekend and at last count has seen the movie Grease 25 times. Amy Ann, at age nine, is developing time management skills. Ugh. She has flute, piano, choir, dance class, basketball, skiing, church youth group, and 4-H. All four kids give us much joy and many blessings as we struggle to nurture them. Feliz Navidad. Love the Petersons. Dwayne. Dawain, please, get on the phone in the den. I'm going to give Toddy a little call. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's a holiday. It's nickel a minute. Julie Jo, get on the phone in the kitchen. Amy Ann, hustle downstairs. Get on the phone in the basement. Brian! Where is Brian? Is everybody on? Merry Christmas, Toddy. It's your old mom, Colin. Please pick up the phone if you're there. 
Pick up, pick up, pick up. Ho, ho, ho. Pick it up. I wish to be left alone. I don't make myself merry at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. Well, listen, Toddy, I guess you're not there. Well, we're all here, and we miss you so very much. Now you just give us a call as soon as you get in, okay? Okay, bye-bye. I've sometimes avoided going home for Christmas. I'd rather just sit in my apartment all by myself, not answer the phone, just sit on the couch and watch the 1951 black-and-white version of A Christmas Carol starring Alistair Sim. Me and Scrooge? Like this. One year, I'd just gone through this big, painful breakup, and I wasn't ready to do the whole family thing. You see, my parents adored Scott. We'd been together for six years, and they considered him part of the family. But uh, with the recent breakup, I just couldn't face the fake festivities and all the ho-ho-ho. And I knew I just didn't have it in me to be funny, funny Todd and keep the family entertained. So I skipped Christmas altogether and spent two weeks in New York City by myself. After Christmas, my mom sent me the holiday snapshots, and there was Scott. My ex had gone home, to my home, for Christmas. What promised joy when we were one brings pain, and now that we are two. Bah humbug. Dwayne, girls, please get on the phones again. I'm going to give Toddy another call. Please get on the phone. Dwayne, Julie, come on, family. Let's get it together. Is everybody on? Get it. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Toddy. Guess you're still not there. Well, I just called for a little holiday chit-chat. We're about to sit down for Christmas dinner, and oh, it is a full table today with all the kids and both grandmas and, oh, well, let's see, the Meisels and the Ramirezes. Family friends, my mom insists on using the correct pronunciation. Felipe and Felipa Ramirez. And let's see, there's Jim and his special friend. Oh, excuse me, partner, Bob. And Philip, Philip, Philip. This East Indian doctor whose name really was Philip, Philip, Philip. Gays, Jews, Muslims, always a place at the table at Dwayne and Carol Peterson's. Yes, it is quite a houseful. But, oh, Toddy, listen, it just isn't the same without you here. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bah humbug. Each year, my father would take us kids Christmas caroling through the neighborhood. All right, Peterson kids, come on down. We're going caroling. Brian, privileges will be lost. We'd gather around the piano, and Dad would get us all warmed up. 
me, 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 me. We'd polish up our best numbers and work on the harmonies from the Reader's Digest Merry Christmas songbook. It was always Dad on bass. Here we come a-caroling among the leaves so green. My older brother Brian, who was born worried and embarrassed, on tenor. Here we come a-wandering so fair to be seen. And me on alto. Love and joy come to you. And to you, glad Christmas, too. And the girls, Julie, Joe, and Amy Ann on soprano. And God bless you and send you a happy new year. And sometimes we'd hear Mom joining in from the kitchen. And God send you a happy new year. And then, when we were all rehearsed and ready, Mom would bundle us up like woolen cocoons, hand-knit mittens clipped to our coats, bread bags in our boots. All righty, off you go, my little Carolettes. Mother, aren't you coming with us? Oh, Toddy, listen, you know very well that your mother does not sing in public. Mom would never go caroling with us. She would stay back at the house, get a fire going in the fireplace, and heat up some apple cider on the stove, waiting for our slushy return. Off you go now. Scoot, scoot, skedaddle. Here we come a-caroling among the leaves so green. Our first stop, the Swensons. Ding-dong merrily on high, in heaven the bells are ringing. Then round the corner to the Cobbs. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. And down Orchard Road to the Psyches. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, hey! Next, the Misels. Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. And then circling back towards home to the Websters for the big finish. And God send you a happy new year. Christmas greetings to family and friends. December 1983. Oh, so much has changed since you last heard from us. The Petersons are one busy gaggle of Christmas geese. Brian is off to South Africa, where he will spend five years doing mission work in the schools. Todd and his friend, Scott, left for Florida, where they will be performing at an actual dinner theater. Oh, we certainly miss their frivolity. Julie Jo is off to be a foreign exchange student in Denmark for six months. Oh, thank goodness for our littlest angel, Amy Ann. Without her, our nest would be empty. We hope you are surrounded by your loved ones this joyous season. Love, the Petersons. December 1991. Merry Christmas from Mankato. All right, piano player, hold it. Upon request from our offspring, we were asked not to tell you how great they all are. So, what can we say? Hmm. Yeah. Go. Mm. Oh. What the heck? Hit it, piano player. 
Our first grandchild was born to Brian and Pam. Todd saw the light and returned to the Midwest. Julie Jo has a new job. Amy Ann and Tim were married here in Mankato. Oh, the wedding was just beautiful, and Amy Ann looked like a princess. I guess we're just pretty darn proud. Oh, happy Hanukkah. Love, the Petersons. A number of years ago, we were helping my grandma Peterson move out of her house and into an assisted living facility. She was 97 years old at the time, funny and feisty, an avid pinochle player, and a little loopy. We were helping her sort through all of her belongings, trying to figure out what she should take with her and what she was ready to part with and pass on to her children and grandchildren. She and I were in her dining room, and I took down this picture of the Last Supper. My mom had taken Da Vinci's masterpiece, burnt it around the edges, and mod-podged it to a piece of wood with the bark still on. Just how Da Vinci imagined it. I showed it to Grandma Peterson, and I said, I bet you'd like to take this with you. And she looked at it and said, Oh, no. I never knew any of those people anyway. And I thought, Grandma Peterson has a point. One night at the dinner table, I broke the news to my parents that I would not be joining them at the Christmas Eve service at church because I didn't know if I was still Christian. Oh, for crying out loud. Son, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. My father is a good man and has worked with the hierarchy of the United Methodist Church fighting to change their doctrine on homosexuality. And while he does me proud, it seems like he's fighting for his son to have a place at the table, and I don't like what's for supper. Oh, Toddy, listen, of course you're coming to the candlelight service. Don't be such a Scrooge. You keep Christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine. I think all you need to do is just, you know, spruce up your apartment a little bit. Hang some decorations. Do a little holiday baking. Mom, I don't bake. I don't decorate. I don't shop. Maybe I'm not really gay. Oh, Toddy, please. It's Christmas. Happy, happy, happy. Don't you sometimes wish your mom would just drop the happy, happy, happy and for once really tell it like it is? Brian can't seem to return a phone call. Julie can't seem to stay at a job. Todd can't seem to stay in a relationship. Amy Ann is perfect. Love the Petersons. I've always loved hearing my mother's stories about how she celebrated Christmas as a child. She grew up on a farm in northeast Nebraska, and every year after Thanksgiving, her parents would close off the parlor and the dining room so they wouldn't have to heat that part of the house, and they would keep it off limits. Until Christmas Eve, when her father would go out to the grove and chop down an evergreen. I picture my granddad Tuttle dragging a blue spruce across the crunchy, moonlit snow. I imagine my mother and her big sister warming their hands over the wood-burning stove in the kitchen, waiting while Granddad and Grandma set up the tree in the parlor. They didn't have electricity, 
So they would decorate the tree with those small candles that would clip right to the branches. And they would hang garlands of popcorn, cranberries, and paper chains. And then, when the tree was all ready, Grandma would escort Mom and her sister into the dark, chilly parlor that they hadn't set foot in for weeks and that was now transformed. I can just see my mother's wide brown eyes twinkling as they reflect her candlelit Christmas tree. Magic. And then I think about my Christmases growing up. Oh, for crying out loud, would one of you boys help me get this box down from the attic? We had an artificial tree kept in an old, decrepit cardboard box, which was held together with layers and layers and layers of tape and twine. And Brian and I would get out the prickly branches and separate them into their color-coded piles and then poke the wiry ends into the color-coded holes. Julie and Amy Ann would untangle the Christmas lights, plug them in to see which could still blink and which had forgotten how. We'd hang the decorations and toss the tinsel and fight over who got to park the angel on the top of the tree. Mother, you said I could do it this year. No, she didn't. She said it was my turn. Mother, not get Boys, 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 please. Oh, listen. Jesus is the reason for the season. And then Mom would get out the plaster of Paris nativity scene that she'd hand-painted herself when my parents were first married. By now, it was all chipped and broken and glued back together. Baby Jesus' face was almost gone. Julie tried to draw it back on with a crayon. But Mom's nativity set always earned its place under the fake family tree. And I think about my Christmases since I left home. Most of my early adult life was spent on the road, working dinner theaters, nightclubs, cruise ships. All my belongings fit into an old steamer trunk. And it'd be Christmas in Miami, Christmas in Alaska, Christmas in Warsaw, Indiana. But one Christmas, I'd just fallen in love with a guy named Guy and finally settled down in Chicago. For the first time in my adult life, and I was in my 30s by then, I had a couch, a table and chairs, a bed, two cats, and the best neighbors since Mara Meisel. Guy and I got an apartment across the hall from our old college friends, John and Kelly. John and Kelly were the Christmasiest people ever. They had boxes and boxes of Christmas decorations, so many that they had to set up one tree in the living room and another in the bedroom. Two trees. Guy and I didn't have one. Our apartment looked exactly the same as it did on the 4th of July. But I do remember one night, coming home late from the theater, I walked into the bedroom, and Guy had a candle burning on the steamer trunk that I now used as a bedside table. He'd already fallen asleep on his side of the bed. There was one cat asleep at the foot, and the other along my side. The three of them were 
outlining a space for me, surrounding the spot where I now belonged. I remember standing at the foot of the bed, crying. After all those years of traveling and wandering, I had a place saved for me. I was home for Christmas. Every traveler has a home of his own, and he learns to appreciate it the more from his wandering. Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Christmas greetings to family and friends. December, the year 2000. Duane and I are spending the first two weeks of December in Hawaii, where we lived for nearly two and a half years in the late 50s and have never returned. All four of our children will be home for Christmas, along with our four darling grandchildren. Sadly, Grandma Peterson passed away this past summer. She spent 100 years on this earth and is no doubt up in heaven, playing pinochle. Grandma Tuttle turned 95, and she can't wait to spend Christmas holding her newest great-grandchild. Four generations in the house this Christmas. Please, stop by and see us when you come to Mankato. Well, this is our annual saga. May this occasion of celebrating our Savior's birth be a memorable event with family, friends, and good health. Merry Christmas. Love, the Petersons. Every year on Christmas Eve, my family has fondue. Mom got an avocado green fondue pot in the 70s. At the same time, she got the avocado green shag carpeting, which she always kept freshly raked. And now it's a family tradition to light the sterno and sit down for a light supper. All right, everyone, dig in. Dwayne, please, easy on the Velveeta. And every year, I inform my parents that I'm not going to the candlelight service at church. Oh, for crying out loud, it's Christmas, and we are going to church as a family. And every year, I end up going. And every year, I watch a small child light the Advent candles in the darkened sanctuary. And every year, I join in singing the traditional carols. And every year, I'm glad I'm there. And every year, we come home and sit around the artificial tree and the chipped nativity, and Mom says, Now you may each open one present from your father and me, because tomorrow morning, we will open our gifts from S. A-N-T-A. Dottie, 
this one's for you. Enjoy. Mom, I'm a grown man. I don't need presents from Santa. Oh, Toddy, stop trying to be such a Scrooge. I know you never believed in Santa Claus. Then why the make-believe? Why the magic show? Because it brings me joy. Besides, isn't that what you do in the theater? Make-believe? Make magic? Hmm? I opened the perfectly wrapped present. It was a little book. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. The actor's edition. My old script. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us, everyone. A Christmas Carol Peterson was written by Todd Peterson and Peter Rothstein with music arrangements by Denise Prosek. This podcast was produced and engineered by Amy Daniels. The show was developed and premiered by Theater Latte Da, a Twin Cities-based company dedicated to new and adventurous musical theater. Special thanks to David at First Equity Mortgage for helping bring this show to the radio and to podcast audiences for the holidays.